सहनावतु सहनो भुनक्तु सहवीर्यंकवाहै तेजस्वीनावधीतमस्तु मेद्विषावै ओ गुणेभ्य कर्तारम्यदृष्टाश्यदृष्टाणेभ्यरमेति मद्भाव सोधिगछदे हैविंग टोल वाट दिस गुणाज आर वाट आर द कैरेक्टरिस्टिक्स हाउ द बाइन वाट्स द नेचर ऑफ बाउंडेज ऑल द संसारा द होल संसारा इज इन द रेलम ऑफ दिस थ्री गुणाज सत्व राजस एंड तमस ऑल दिस वॉज डिस्क्राइब इन डिटेल एज एड मेनली to teach about the atma the self that is free from the influence of this gunas nanyam gunebhyah kartaram yada drashta anupashyade anupashyade when one sees in keeping with this teaching in keeping the unfoldment of the scriptures and the teacher let kartaram the that which performs all the actions is gunebhyah anyamna is none other than this gunas Sattva, Rajas, and Tamas, which make up our whole personality. As we said, there are these two aspects within ourselves: the person and the personality, the spirit and the matter, Purush and Prakriti. So, Prakriti, or the personality, or the matter, is described here as these three gunas: Sattva, Rajas, Tamas. Sometimes are described as the three bodies: the gross, subtle, and causal. Sometimes it describes the five koshas: annamaya, pranamaya, manomaya, vidyanamaya, anandamaya. There are different ways of describing this personality. Basically, idea is to do viveka discrimination between the self and the non-self, and that discrimination is necessary because the non-self is taken to be the self. What I am not is taken to be I. And that is called abhiveka that is called non discrimination is also called moha is called delusion adhyasa superimposition so this projection of superimposition of superimposing the idea of iness which is not upon that which is not i <coughs> meaning taking a self that which is not self this personality is the cause of all these sadness as we seen earlier how it creates number of complexes and that those complexes alone are called samsara so one of the important complex that is created is kartratvam i am a doer that's the complex created by identification with this personality bhoktratvam i am the bhokta i am the experiencer i am the enjoyer that's another complex that is created on account of identification with personality the idea is that kartratvam the doership bhoktratvam enjoyership both of these belong to the personality all of these belongs to the mind intellect sense complex so eyes perceive the colors and forms the ears perceive the sounds and thus each organ of perception perceives its respective objects mind feels mind thinks mind remembers 
mind does, does mind acts, mind knows, mind asserts. So, manaha, buddhihi, chittam, ahankara. The emo feeling also is in mind. Buddhihi thinking, knowing also is in mind. Chittam remembering, deliberation also is in mind. Ahankara, the sense of I-ness, the assertion, that also is in mind. All of these are the nature of the mind. But taking the mind to be myself, then creates the complex. That I am the doer, I am the thinker, I am the rememberer, I am the experiencer. All these notions or complexes are created. And each of these complexes is a source of unhappiness. When I am the doer, when this kartrutum, the doership is there, then also it's a potential source of pain, <coughs> emotional pain. Because whenever I wind up doing something which is not in keeping with my values, whenever I do something that does not conform to my own expectation of myself, then there is sense of guilt. Oh, why did I do that? Or oh, why did I not do that? This is the, the regret, sense of guilt is created in me. Mokhtaratvam, the sense of doership, the enjoyership, I mean enjoyership or experiencer, that also creates complexes, that I am a doer, I mean I am an enjoyer. I am an experiencer, meaning I am subject to somebody's action. So these two complexes are there, that I perform a variety of actions, and others become the object of my actions, that is when I am speaking right now, then all of you are the listeners, objects of my action of speaking. And if I say something which is not right, which is not proper, then I, I regret, there is a sense of regret or guilt in me. If I hurt somebody by my words, Similarly, Bhoktrutva means, I am the object of somebody else's action. And when somebody does not treat me properly, my in my perception, when I am not treated properly, then I have a sense of hurt. So, Kartrutva, the doership, creates a sense of guilt, and Bhoktrutva, the enjoyership, creates a sense of hurt. This hurt and guilt, this is called samsara. All the pain can be traced to hurt and guilt. Either I cause pain to myself by doing something which is not proper, or I feel somebody else causes me pain. So Lord Krishna says that what is drashti, what is drashti, what's the perception, what's the vision of the wise person? Yada drashta anupashadi, when drashta, the seer, the wise person sees, that all the karatarutun, the doership is all in the gunas, in the personality, the experiencership or enjoyership also is in the gunas personality. The perceiver, the doer, the enjoyer, the knower, the thinker, all of these is not in self, all of these in the at the level of personality. The self becomes the doer only when identifying with the intellect, becomes a hearer when identifying with the faculty of hearing, becomes a speaker when identifying with the faculty of speech, becomes walker or goer when identifying with the faculty of walking, becomes eater when identifying with the faculty of eating. It's amazing, every moment I become a different person, depending upon what it is that I identify with. Prananeva prana bhavati vadan vak pasyan chakshuhu shrunan shrotram manvano manahan Pradharnika says, look, on account of identification with this breathing, this person becomes breather. I am a breather. Prananeva pranabhadi vadanvak. When I identify with, when I identify with the organ of speech, I become a speaker. 
Pashyan Chakshuhu. When I identify with the faculty of seeing, I become a seer. Manvano Manaha. When I identify with the faculty of thinking, I become a thinker. But all of these are simply the various notions arising on account of identification with various aspects of my personality. So may one know the self as not confined to a speaker or a thinker or a doer or an enjoyer or a listener or whatever. The one that is in all of them. Because if I'm a speaker, then I should keep on speaking and speaking. If I'm a hearer, you see, if hearing is my nature, then it will always persist. That is called nature, which will always persist. Heat is the nature of fire, and the fire will always be hot. There cannot be fire that is not hot. Brightness is the nature of sun, and the sun will always be bright. Similarly also, a speaker was my nature, then I should all the time be speaking and speaking and speaking, but that's not so. If hearer was my nature, I should be hearing all the time. If thinker was my nature, I should be thinking all the time, which is, doesn't happen. Now I am a speaker, then I am a thinker, then I am a listener, then I am a reader, then I am a so forth. When I keep on changing the roles, that means that I am none of them. Like the crystal, which keeps on assuming different colors, depending upon what is in front of it. If there is yellow flower, the crystal appears to be yellow. If there is an orange cloth, the crystal appears to be orange. So when we find the crystal now appears yellow, then appears orange, then appears red, then appears blue, then appears so forth, then we know that this crystal cannot be any one of these colors because had it been red, it could not become yellow. If red was the color, you could be, so this is the cloth is orange, put any kind of flower, it doesn't change the color because that is its color. Or the flower is yellow, put any object beside it, then nothing happens to that color because yellow is inherent color of this flower. But look at what happens to crystal. Place yellow flower in front of it, becomes yellow. Place orange cloth, becomes orange. So that which keeps on thus changing its nature, we here, we can clearly see that neither yellow, nor orange, nor blue, none of this is the color of the crystal. In fact, crystal is that which is in all the colors, but at the same time, free from all the colors. We can say that the crystal pervades all the colors, immanent in all the colors, but transcends all the colors. This is called transcending. That which is in all of them, at the same time, free from all of them. And that which is free alone can assume any, any form and color. Water, which has no form of its own, can assume any form. In whichever vessel or whichever container we pour the water, water will assume the form of that container because water doesn't have a form of its own. Pour water in any bottle, water will assume the color of that bottle because water does not have a color of its own. Similarly also, Atma, the Self, if it can assume any role, if it can be doer, enjoyer, speaker, hearer, thinker, that means that it is in all the roles at the same time, Free from all of them. Atma ityavupasita. Atma is that which pervades everything. It is in all the roles at the same time, free from all the roles. This is drashti of the wise person. Nanyam gunaibhyakartaram yada drashta anupashyade. Drashta, this enlightened one, when he sees that, all the doership, enjoyership, 
thinkership. All of this is in gunas. All of this belongs to the personality, or the intellect, or the mind, or the sense organs. That is where all these characteristics are. Gunebhyasya param veti. Who am I? I am the one who is gunebhya param. I am the one that is above and beyond all the gunas. I am their witness. I am their illuminator. I am free from them. Naayam hantina hanyate. Lord Krishna says right in the second chapter. Yayanam veti hantaram. Yasyanam manyate hatam. Ubhautavana vijanitaha. Naayam hantina hanyate. If someone says that I am a killer, someone else says that I am being killed, none of them knows because Atma the Self neither kills nor is being killed. It neither acts nor becomes an object of action. Gune param veti, thus when one recognizes oneself as that which is beyond the gunas, transcending the gunas, witness of the gunas, illuminates of the gunas. Madhavam Sojigachati, Lord Krishna says, he attains my nature, he becomes one with me. He becomes, he gets, gains identification with me. How? This 20th verse explains that. Guna netanati tyatrin, guna netanati tyatrin. Dehi deha samudbhavan, dehi deha samudbhavan, janma mrityu jara dukhaihi, janma mrityu jara dukhaihi, vimukta amruta masnute, vimukta amruta masnute. Gunan etan atitya trin, etan trin gunan atitya. Having transcended these three gunas, not transcending, this is... See, understand that transcending is not doing something. When you say that the wise man transcends the three gunas, <coughs> it's not that he has to do anything. Because Atma is already transcendental. <coughs> transcendental is one that is free from the effects of the crystal, transcends all the colors. That appears to be possessed of all the colors, at the same time, that which is free from the influence of all the colors. When something is colored, an object, then it becomes limited because it is only orange and nothing else. This flower is only yellow and nothing else, whereas crystal is yellow also and orange also and everything. Which means it is not colored by, not limited by any color. Because it is beyond all colors, we can say, it is free from all the colors. You can say, it transcends. The question of transcending comes when it is pervasive also. Crystal pervades all the colors because there is yellow crystal or, or, or orange crystal. In all of them the crystal is like an actor that assumes different roles. Sometimes he's a beggar, sometimes he's a king, sometimes he's a minister. Then he's in all of them, that means he pervades all the roles, he's immanent in all the roles. And that can only be when he transcends all the roles, he's free from all the roles. Which means that he's not limited by any role. He's beggar without being limited by the beggarness. He's king without being limited by being king. Etan trin gunatitya. And therefore, transcending the gunas means knowing that the Atma is always transcendental. That's all. The self is always transcendental. Self is always just, it, it's a substratum. It is that upon which various superimpositions are done. It is that which illumines everything. It is that which gives the sattā and spurti, the existence and awareness to everything. 
It is asti bhati priyam, which is very substratum for every name and form. And that's what I am. Then, janma mrityu jaradukkahi vimuktaha. This wise person becomes free from janma mrityu jaradukkha. Janma means birth, mrityu means death, jara means old age, dukkha means pain. Pain means emotional pain. The physical pain is, is a matter of prarabdha. Even a wise person also may have to go through physical pain. Physical pain because the body follows the laws of nature. And therefore, the body goes to janma, mrityu, jara, dukkha. Janma, the birth, belongs to the body. Mrityu also belongs to the body. Jara, the old age, also belongs to the body. Dukkha, pain also belongs to the body. All the phenomena keep on taking place. But today, you know what is happening? In fact, the body is old. And what do I say? I am old. The body is in pain. What do I say? I am in pain. The body is dying. What do I say? I am dying. I celebrate my birthday. My birthday. In fact, it's the birthday of the body. And so, because of identification of the body, all these complexes arise. And I suffer from that. If by, by declaring that I am an old person, it doesn't matter to me, it's fine. But no, every time I look at some young person, then I feel, you know, I, I, you know I'm old, I'm old, I'm already gone. No chance, over the hill. <laughs> Swami, what can I do? I'm nearing death now. I'm an old man. What can I do? Nothing. Helplessness, senility, all these things I suffer from. I suffer from a sense of helplessness. So identification of the body creates in me these complexes. I am young, I am old, I am healthy, I am unhealthy, I am tall, I am short, I am man, I am woman. Each of these complexes is a source of pain. Because I am a man also a source of pain, because I am nothing other than that. And I am woman also a source of pain, tall also a sort of source of pain, short also a source of pain, so forth. If you are too tall, then the short fellows always make fun of you. If you are short, then tall people make fun of you. People make fun of you regardless of what you are. If you have a lot of hair, then also they make fun of you. Don't have, then also they make, they always make fun of you. And so, this is why uh, one person once came to uh, see a Mahatma, a sannyasi. He was upset. He had come from a long distance, he was travelling in train in India and he had come to meet this Mahatma. He was upset. So then Mahatma this, asked him, he says, what's the matter? You seem upset. He says, yes, Swamiji. I was hurt, I'm insulted, I was humiliated. So what happened? I was travelling in the train. Yeah? And when I entered the compartment, then this, this one person was, he occupied the whole berth. There are some people who occupy the whole berth in seating. You are supposed to sit there, but he was just lying down. And it was such a crowded train, there was no room to sit. And then I requested him, can I sit there at his, near his feet, you know? He did not give me room. I just managed to sit there somehow. And that fellow kept on, you know, he kept on pushing me and kicking me. How can you do that? He says, no, first of all, the sadhu asked him, where were you sitting? I was sitting on this bench, on this bus. Where? Near the feet of this person. 
and he kept on kicking me. He says, where were you sitting? I was sitting on this bench. He says, no, what was sitting on that bench? What do you mean, what? I was sitting there. What was sitting there? Well, this body was sitting there. Yes. Where were you sitting? In the body. What was kicked? The body was kicked. And what do you say? I am kicked. What was humiliated? The body was humiliated. What do you say? I am humiliated. You feel humiliated because you are sitting where? You are sitting in the body. If you are sitting not in the body, then you would not have been humiliated. Then you would have seen that this body that is being treated in a certain way. So all these insults, we will see later on how a wise person is free from all of them because he is free from the identification, that's all. So this is called Viveka, the discrimination, discrimination between the drashta and drushya, druk and drushya. In the two week course, druk, drushya, viveka, discrimination between the seer and the seen. Very simple. The seer is always different from the seen. <coughs> that verse will come, so we'll discuss it that time. But when one thus recognizes one's true identity, that I am not these gunas, they are, in Swami's language, they are my embellishments. There's a value addition on me. That I have a personality, it's a value addition. That is a body, it's a value addition. Sometimes we call it luxury. For a wise person, the body is a luxury. So this is called spiritual growth. What is called the progress, as Swamiji explains? What is called material progress is to convert the luxuries into necessities. What is called progress? In the material sense, is to convert luxuries into necessities. So what was a luxury at some point, I got used to it. Now I cannot do without air conditioner was a luxury. In the beginning, I felt so good. A time came when I could not do without it, became a necessity. Now wherever I go elsewhere, without air conditioner, just uncomfortable. So, my refrigerator, was a luxury at some point in time. Nobody in America would know that refrigerator is luxury, but in India, it was a luxury. Then the refrigerator came. Now it's so convenient. Formerly milk used to get, uh, you know, curdled because sometimes you you forget to warm up the milk at night and it is left overnight in the morning, you want to make your tea and instead of milk, there is curd there. Or the, the cat will come at night and then find its way somehow into these box, you know, into the drawers, somehow into the... <clears throat> now we have a refrigerator, you know, the milk is always, you know, it never gets curdled, the cat cannot enter. Cats know even how to open the refrigerator in, in India. In India, cats even know how to open refrigerator doors. That's why they have no locks on these doors also. Except that people lose the keys of refrigerator, then they also come in. <clears throat> but when it came, it was a great luxury. We can now preserve the fruits, vegetables, everything can be preserved for a length of time. Just in a short time, it became a necessity. So this is called progress. There is a material progress. What is spiritual progress? To convert necessities into luxuries. Just the reverse. To such an extent that the body also becomes a luxury. It's an embellishment, it's an ornament. It's a privilege, you know. That, how wonderful it is that there is a body. How wonderful it is that there is mind. How wonderful that I breathe. 
How wonderful that I see. Yeah, here. So all of these is just nothing but luxury. When does it happen? When I do not identify with it. Etan trin guna ditya janma vrutyu jara dukkha he becomes free from all this pain arising from birth and death and old age and disease. It's always mukta, the self is always free. It's not that he became free. There is now a recognition that I was always free. Deha samudhvan gunan, when I am identified with this gunas, that is personality, the new embodiments are created for me because Identification of an embodiment, as we said, creates in me a sense of limitation. And when I die as a limited being, I must again be born in order to continue my struggle to become free from limitation. So it is the identification of the three gunas of personality that brings about further embodiments. He becomes free from further embodiments also. Amrita Mashnate. And he attains immortality. Even while being here, he becomes Jivan Muktaha, that is, he becomes liberated. Even while living, Atma is always liberated. Now, identifying with the Atma, I become liberated, even while living. <coughs> Understand that nothing has happened. Only recognition is there. Recognition of the reality of myself, that's all. You know, one doesn't have to do anything to transcend. When we hear the word transcending, then we get, we shiver with the idea how to transcend the thing. How to transcend the mind, you know, and so you struggle inside with transcending. Transcending is need not be a phenomenon, it's a recognition of the fact that I am already transcendental. And that recognition takes place in my transcending the mind, that's why Atma is already transcending the mind. You don't have to do something to transcend the mind. I'm already transcendental, but that recognition takes place in the mind. So Vedantins are not very keen on in transcending mind, etc. or in Samadhi. In fact, they would like a mind that is a seeing mind rather than a mind that is absorbed or absence of mind. So, very often meditation means the state of thoughtlessness, but not Vedantic meditation. Vedantic meditation is a state of recognition. That is why always is Viveka, the discrimination. What we want is a discriminating mind which can see this fact the mind itself sees that the truth of myself is consciousness. That which illumines the thoughts. <coughs> this is how Amrita Mashnute, the one who is immortal becomes immortal. Vimukta Sevimuchade, the one who is already Vimukta, the free, becomes free. That is, he recognizes that he is free. So understand, it's a matter of recognition, not experiencing something, but recognizing something. A mind which enjoys the tranquility is helpful to recognize this, that is true. We do require a mind that enjoys the tranquility or leisure or the silence to recognize this fact. But it is not that I have to transcend the mind or something because I am already transcendental. I have to recognize that I am always transcendental. Anyway, when Lord Krishna said this, that gave a scope to Arjuna to ask a question. Arjuna asks a question similar to the one that he asked in the second chapter in the last 18 verses. So in the verse 54, Arjuna asks this question in the second chapter of Sita Pragna, a similar question he asks here in the 14th chapter, in the 21, verse 21, says Arjuna. Arjuna uvacha, Arjuna uvacha, Kairlingai strin gunanetan, Kairlingai strin gunanetan, Atito bhavati prabho, 
असीति प्रभो किमाचार कथम चैतान किमाचार कथम चैतान त्रीन गुणानति वर्तते त्रीन गुणानति वर्तते अर्जुन उच अर्जुन आस्ट दिस क्वेश्चन बिकॉज इन द लास्ट टू वर्सेज लॉर्ड कृष्णा से has a very seed for the question sometimes you make a statement you answer a question but then it raises another question so lord krishna said he described how the wise man becomes immortal so now arjuna is enthused hey wise man becomes immortal i want to become wise how do i become wise the one way of is please describe to me a wise person so that i can become like him i can emulate so what is the kind lakshana or what is something which is characteristic of the wise person that which is effortless for him or her is something that i can cultivate as a value and therefore arjuna says kaihi lingaihi trin gunanetan atito bhavati prabho o prabho prabhutvat mrutyu dukham bhagavata eva nivaraniyam arjuna addresses lord as prabhu Prabhu means samartha hai. One is powerful. Lord is powerful, of course. All power. He is the power of creation, sustenance, resolution. So you, you have the power to remove the, the pain of the of the devotees. So I am your devotee, Prabhu. Please remove my pain by revealing this to me. Hey, Prabhu. Kahi linga hi. By what linga? By what signs? Linga means chin hai. So by what signs? By what characteristics? एतान गुणान अतीतो भवती बाई वॉट साइंस और चिन्ह कैन वी रेकग्नाइज अ पर्सन हुई गुणासिप्शन सो बायरेक्टरिस्टिक्स वॉट आर द साइंस वॉट आर द मार्क्स बाय विच वी कैन रेकग्नाइज और बाय विच वन बिकम्स ए पर्सन ट्रांसेंडिंग द्री गुणास सो इन शॉर्ट वॉट आर द कैरेक्टरिस्टिक और लक्षण ऑफ द पर्सन हु इज ट्रांसेंडेड द थ्री गुणास ऑफ द वाइस पर्सन किमाचार हाउ डज ही कंडक्ट हिमसेल्फ दैट्स वेरी इंपॉर्टेंट किमाचार वॉट इज आचार आचार मीन कंडक्ट हाउ डज ही कंडक्ट हिमसेल्फ दिस विजडम दैट ईज गेन हाउ डज दैट विजडम रिफ्लेक्ट इट सेल्फ इन इज कंडक्ट इन टू इन टू इज डे टू डे कंडक्ट इन टू द वे ही रिस्पॉन्स टू सिचुएशन द वे ही इंट्रैक्ट विद वर्ल्ड सो हाउ डज ही डू दैट किमाचार कथम च एतान त्रीन गुणानति वर्तते एंड लॉर्ड प्लीज टेल मी हाउ डज हाउ डज वन ट्रांसेंड दिस थ्री गुणास व्हाट्स अ मेथड व्हाट्स अ उपाय व्हाट्स अ मीन्स ऑफ ट्रांसेंडिंग दिस थ्री गुणास अर्जुन आस थ्री क्वेश्चंस नंबर वन व्हाट आर द साइंस बाय व्हिच वी कैन रिकॉग्नाइज अ पर्सन हु इज ट्रांसेंडेड द गुणास मींस विद अ वाइज पर्सन व्हाट आर द लक्षण व्हाट आर द कैरेक्टरिस्टिक नंबर टू हाउ डज ही और शी कंडक्ट हिमसेल्फ और हरसेल्फ इन दिस वर्ल्ड and number 3 how does one attain that state of transcending the three gunas what's the means of the upaya and lord krishna now proceeds to answer these questions as we said this question was asked sita pragnasyaka bhasha samadhisthasya keshava sita dihi kim prabhasheta kim asita vrajeta kim similar question was asked sita pragnasyaka bhasha what is the bhasha What is the characteristic? How does it describe Sthita Pragnya a person of abiding wisdom? Sthita Dehi Kim Prabhasita. How does he talk? Kimasita. How does he sit? 
Vrajay to came, how does he walk? Not how does he sit, meaning in his own asana he sits, that's not the question. How does he sit when he's with himself? How does he walk when he goes out into the world? How does he walk? How does he conduct himself? Kim Prabhasheta, when the world goes to him, how does he respond to the world? So similar questions were asked and replied by Lord Krishna. And Sri Arjuna asked them again with reference to this Gunatita, the one transcending the Gunas. Answers are going to be similar to what they were in the second chapter. But here, the answer, the reply of the Lord is going to be in reference to the three Gunas. <coughs> so in the next verse, Lord Krishna says, Shri Bhagavan Uvacha Shri Bhagavan Uvacha Prakasham Chapravruttim Cha Prakasham Chapravruttim Cha Mohameva Cha Pandava Mohameva Cha Pandava Nadveshti Sampravruttani Nadveshti Sampravruttani Nanivrattani Kaangshade Nanivrattani Kaangshade This verse describes the Lakshana, the characteristic of this wise person. Prakasham cha pravrtim cha mohameva cha pandava Prakasham, light. Pravrtim, activity. Moha, delusion. You know what these three words imply? Prakasham, light. You remember? Tatra sattvam nirmalatvat prakashakam anamayam. Prakasham means light, that means a sattvic thought. So in the mind, different thoughts arise. As I said, the mind is made up of three dispositions, sattva, rajas and tamas. At any given time, one of these thoughts may arise. Just as thoughts arise in our mind, so also thoughts arise in the mind of this wise person. Prakasham, a sattvic thought may arise. Sattvic thought means sattva born of thought, thought born of sattva. A thought of kindness, thought of compassion, thought of illumination, that may arise. Pravrtimcha, sometimes a thought born of rajas also may arise. Activity, thought of an activity may arise. A rajas thought may arise. Moha mevacha, moha is a thought arising from tamas. Sometimes dullness, sleepiness. That thought also may arise. Understood, all these thoughts arise in the wise person also. Because he also possesses a mind, and that mind also is made up of sattva, rajas, tamas. It is true, there is predominance of sattva. But still, some rajas is there, otherwise you cannot survive. A, a mechanism, an organism can survive only when all the three gunas are there. No doubt, Vishuddha Sattva, as far as the wise person's mind is concerned, it is pure, highly sattvic. But still, some rajas is required because he also has to walk around and he has to also eat and do some activity. Some tamas is required because he also sleeps, he also takes rest. And so, just as thoughts arise in mind of any person, similarly thoughts arise in the mind of the wise person. So, what is his response or reaction to these thoughts? That's important. So, what distinguishes a wise person from other wise person is how the person responds or reacts to the thoughts. Prakasham cha, pravartim cha, mohameva cha pandava. Hey pandava, hey Arjuna, when a sattvic thought, a rajas thought or a tamas thought arise in the mind, Sampravartani nadveshti. He does not dveshti. So, he does not have any kind of an aversion, dvesha. He does not have an aversion when sampravartani, when these thoughts arise, he has no hatred for them. 
nivrittani kaanshati when the thoughts go away then he does not desire them doesn't have longing for them in short what is his relationship with the thoughts arising in his mind he has a relationship that is totally free from attachment and aversion do you know that we have attachment to our thoughts and do you know that we have aversion to our thoughts also sometimes people come and say swami ji what to do about these bad thoughts arising in the mind what to do about them i hate this when these thoughts arise in me so i sometimes i think of things that i should not think and so there are certain thoughts that i dislike and when they arise and i'm upset on the other hand there are some thoughts that i like when they arise i'm happy and when i'm happy with the thoughts i wish that those thoughts would continue swami had such a wonderful dream last night such a wonderful dream i wish i did not wake up from the dream unfortunately this alarm woke me up you know i was enjoying such a wonderful dream sometimes the dream comes swami the dream keeps on going on and on I, i you know i don't know that is dream of course if i knew it was dream that would have been wonderful imagine a situation when you are dreaming and you know that you are dreaming that would be a wonderful situation you can enjoy the drama of dream can you imagine that just as when i am watching a movie i know that i am a spectator watching a movie i can enjoy the drama i am watching the parade let's say i am standing on the bank of the ganges and you know the ganges water also changes its character depending upon the season you are standing there when there is monsoon season then you find the ganges water is, is very dirty lot of dirt you know because lots of things it carries along with it and therefore very muddy water we call it tamas tamogun sometimes the ganges is gushing and rushing you know because the flow is so heavy and making lot of noise rajas and sometimes it's cool and quiet and calm satwa so just as sometimes the ganges water flow is cool and calm satvik sometimes gushing and noisy rajas sometimes muddy tamas but i am standing on the bank and i know that i'm the spectator of this flow and when i watch ganges which is muddy i do not become muddy if i plunge into that i become muddy if i do not plunge into that i do not become muddy when i'm watching the flow of the ganges that is very fast and, and you know jumping up and down i don't jump up and down i don't get swept in the current if i plunge into that yes ganges water can be pretty cold in winter as long as i am just watching it i don't get cold if i plunge into it i become very cold so also the thoughts are like the flow of the ganges really sometimes the thoughts are muddy like the muddy flow of the ganges sometimes thoughts are very active agitated sometimes thoughts are calm cool quiet as long as i remain the spectator of these thoughts so long i am free from the influence i don't become muddy if the thought is muddy if i remember that i am the spectator of the thought and not the thought like when i identify myself with the thought it's like plunging into the ganges so when a bad thought arises in my mind i say, i am bad that means identifying that is plunging into the flow when an agitated thought comes i i am agitated you know like this person comes and says to swami ji swami ji i'm agitated i'm restless agitated swami says 
you are not agitated you are all silence swami i am agitated i am restless again swami says now you know more swami like you are all silence but swami you know, from swami ji came to swami <laughs> but swami i am telling you i am agitated you are all silence and the fellow got so agitated he says swami if you repeat this the not one but there will be two agitated fellows <laughs> then swami is for then swami didn't say you are all silence and he said okay because he wanted that only one fellow should remain agitated not two at that time somebody asked him says, wait a minute you are agitated says yeah man how do you know i am agitated i know how do you know you are agitated i know my mind is agitated yes what is agitated your mind is agitated the fact that you know that you are agitated that means you are the knower of agitation what is agitated my mind is agitated that means you are the knower the spectator the observer the witness of the agitated mind is it not so and the seer is always different from the seen very simple drug drishya viveka the drashta is always different from drishya the subject is always different object if i can say that no, there is no problem in life simple this much is all i have to say really nothing more than that i am not what i am observing that's all mind is agitated mind is agitated i am not agitated old body is old i am the witness of the old body body is infirm and the witness of the infirm body mind is agitated i am the witness of the agitated mind if i can boldly declare not simply repeating i repeat and i am crying and that's not you know then there are the words if i can declare it really that is all that is called freedom that's all that is necessary is to see this fact that i am the witness of this <coughs> that's all that the wise man is nad dveshti sampravrutani when desirable thought when undesirable thoughts come nad dveshti he is no dvesha he doesn't dislike them he doesn't hate them nivrtani na kaankshati when desirable thoughts go away then also he doesn't run after them he does not long for them and you know when this can happen with the thoughts when this happens with the world because a thought that arises in my mind always a corresponding object outside you know a thought in my mind usually has an object corresponding to it outside i thought of a pot because there is a pot some place i thought of my friend because there is a friend some place i thought of my enemy because there is an enemy some place so thoughts which arise in my mind are all based on the corresponding objects of the world now this is a person who doesn't hate the thoughts nor does he is attached to the thoughts is object to the thoughts when when i have no hatred or no attachment for the world also because if i love this object then i'm going to love the thought of that object also and if i hate this object i'm going to hate the thought of the object also when is it that i do not either i'm not attached to the thought nor do i have an aversion for the thought when i'm totally free from attachment and aversion for anything and everything in the world when can that happen
requested. This messenger brought the message that Gandhiji has said that Maharshi, right now the freedom struggle is going on, that why please do something about it. Please, you know, participate in some way. So Ramana Maharshi says, Well, ask Gandhiji this question. When you're watching a movie, and suppose there is a fire in that movie, would he call a fire engine? No, because there is fire in the movie. Similarly also, for a wise person, the whole world, let us you understand the reality of the world. What is it? Mithya. That world also is an appearance. What appears is nothing but God, but all of this is nothing but appearance. All of this is one Lord alone, as we are told, that He is the maker and the material, and this manifestation of one God alone, He alone manifests in all the forms, and therefore, the friend also is Him, the villain also is Him, the foe also is Him, the good also is Him, the bad also is Him. Suppose I recognize Him in all these forms. Suppose I recognize the crystal, does it matter in which color the crystal appears? If I recognize the crystal as colorless, does it matter in which color it appears? If I recognize my favorite actor, if I am wise with reference to the actor, doesn't matter in which role he comes. Comes as a beggar, fine. Comes as a king, then also is fine. So also one who recognizes the same self in all of them, doesn't matter in what form it comes. Therefore, one becomes free from attachment and aversion only when one is able to appreciate the one in many. This summer that which obtains equal in all the inequalities, in all the disparities, that which obtains equal, which means Brahman, it is God. So one who appreciates that, and appreciates that as one's own self, then there is total freedom from attachment and aversion. And this we have said earlier, the way to become free from attachment and aversion is to shift the focus of attention. Whenever I relate with merely outer form, there is going to be attachment or aversion. There cannot but be an attachment or aversion. Because either I will like the form or I will dislike it. There's a chemistry. I have a certain chemistry, other person has a chemistry. And because of the chemistry, either I like it, you call it chemistry, you call it karma, whatever you want to call it. Either I like or dislike. As long as one form relates to another form, there's always going to be either attachment or aversion. Something will happen. It's only that I shift the focus of attention from the form to the one who manifests through the form, and alone there can be freedom from the attachment and aversion. So he's totally free. No attachment, no aversion. Not that he's insensitive. So I mean he's emotionless. He doesn't feel anything at all. Well, what will you feel when you're watching a movie? Oh, he's killing that somebody. So what? Do you get angry upon him? <laughs> oh, he's very kind and charitable. That's why you're pleased with him. You're enjoying the acting. You know that the killing also is acting and you know that this uh, charity also is an acting. You enjoy. In fact, when you are respected, then you will enjoy the thing. Then you are objective. So it's not that the wise person is insensitive. On the other hand, he always enjoys the pleasure of seeing the, the whole play. Seeing the play of this one Lord. <coughs> and therefore, as far as thoughts are concerned also, he's totally free from dvesha and akanksha. Free from longing, free from aversion. And therefore, in the next verse we are told, Udasina vadasina ha, Udasina vadasina ha, Gunairyo na vichalyate, 
मैयो न विचार्य गुणावर्तंत गुणावर्तंत यो वतिष्ठति नैंगते यो वतिष्ठति नैंगते सो व्हाट इज हिज एटीट्यूड व्हाट इज द अप्रोच टुवर्ड्स दिस थॉट्स दैट आर टेकिंग प्लेस ऑल इट्स अ परेड ऑफ इवेंट्स इज गोइंग ऑन आज यू कैन से परेड ऑफ थॉट्स इज गोइंग ऑन माय माइंड और अ परेड ऑफ इवेंट्स इज गोइंग ऑन आउटसाइड मी एंड आई एम इन आइदर वे स्पेक्टेटर ऑफ दिस परेड व्हाट कैन आई स्पेक्टेटर उदासीन बद आसीन है remaining like the one who is unconcerned udasinaha udasinaha means one who does not take any side is called udasinaha unconcerned means not is careless or he is no indifferent but udasinaha means one who does not take any side one who doesn't brand anything as right wrong good bad mine yours no such branding at all is udasinaha उत आसीन आसीन मीन सीटेड उत मीन अब उदासीन वन सीटेड अब नॉट फिजिकली अब वॉट इज मैन बाय अब हियर इज यू नो इन इन द टेक्स्ट कॉल्ड वेदांत सारा नाइस सिमिली गिवन हियर वेरी वेरी ब्यूटिफुल एग्जांपल गिवन देयर दैट व्हाइल आई एम वॉकिंग इन अ फॉरेस्ट नंबर ऑफ ट्रीज आर देयर ऑफ डिफरेंट काइंड वन आई एम वॉकिंग इन द फॉरेस्ट what do i what do i observe i i observe the characteristic of every tree hey, this is a mango tree this is a banyan tree this is a neem tree this is a birch tree whatever i can see all the differences which are there in the trees i see the differences when i'm walking at that level suppose i happen to ride in an aeroplane let us say i go up in the sky maybe 5 miles above in an aeroplane and then observe the same forest from there can i tell this is a mango tree this is a banyan tree this is a neem tree can i say that no what do i see i see the whole forest you know what i see from there i do not see the individuality of the trees i do not see what we call the characteristic of individual trees what do i see i see the forest i see the treeness I see that which is common to all the trees, which is called the treeness. In the way, that is called forest. Forest means a group of tree, collection of trees, but the treeness. So that's called rising above. Rising above means rising above all the differences, and we will appreciate that which is non-different. Similarly, also, what is meant by rising above? Udasina, huh? As long as I'm seated on the ground, as long as I'm walking on the ground means what? As long as I'm identified with this body. that is equivalent to walking on the ground in the forest then all that really appears to me is all the differences only because i identify myself with one body then if i look up on others also as only bodies i am identified with one personality and therefore to me everybody also is that only and that's why personality is equated to self and therefore all i see is nothing but the differences when i rise above what is meant by rising above you don't have to go out into the air but become free from the identification with this personality when i become free from identification with one personality i appreciate that which is free from identification with all the personalities that's the udasina and then when i appreciate the world when i look at my thoughts look at the world look at the events i appreciate that is nothing but the play of that one 
Guna Yogana Vichalyate and therefore na Vichalyate is not disturbed, is not perturbed by these gunas. So this world is nothing but gunas. What we, what we perceive as the three gunas, the play of the gunas. They're all different costumes. So one Lord or one God or Brahman wears the costumes of the three gunas and comes before me in all these different roles, including this role also. And therefore when I see that somebody is hurting me, somebody is praising me, somebody is honoring me, somebody is dishonoring me, what, that whole vyavahara, all the transaction of pleasure and pain, honor and dishonor, friendship and foe, all of these vyavahara, all this interaction is going on at what level? At the level of the costume, at the level of the three gunas, is it not so? In the, in the movie also, when these fellows are fighting, two fighters are really fighting, they are not fighting. All that fight is going on where? At the level of only the costumes, at the level of acting. If they are also making, if they are a friend, that also is acting. Fight also is an acting. And everything is an acting. And that's what I appreciate. While I am watching the movie, while I enjoy the, what's going on there, there is an appreciation in my mind that this is all mithya. And similarly also the wise person appreciates the, all the interaction, all the transaction is going on between one packet of guna and the other packet of guna. And what's the role of the self is a witness of it all. Guna vartanda ittyeva. It is gunas that in fact they, they alone act. Is one packet of gunas acting with another packet of gunas. Which is called friend or foe, honor or dishonor, censure or praise. All of this is at the level of gunas. And he knows that's all at the level of guna. Therefore, since he's not identified with guna, navichalyate. He does not get de- de- deviated at all. He does not get disturbed from his abidance and knowledge that I am Udasinaham. That I am the one that is witness of the gunas. Transcending the gunas from that knowledge, he is not in any way deviated. Because he appreciates that this is all the play in the, among the gunas. <coughs> He remains firmly rooted in his own nature, in the knowledge. He does not swerve from his knowledge, does not swerve from abidance from his nature, from his own self. So these are the characteristics of this wise person. And with this knowledge, with this wisdom, how does he interact with the world? What is achara? What is his conduct? Does he conduct in whichever in, does he conduct himself in whichever way he likes? So Lord Krishna describes the conduct of this person in the next two verses. Tulya Priya Priyo Dhiraha Tulya Priya Priyo Dhiraha Tulya Nindatma Samstutihi Tulya Nindatma Samstutihi Mana Pamana Yos Tulyaha Mana Pamana Yos Tulyaha Tulyo Mitrari Pakshayo Tulyo Mitrari Pakshayo Sarvaram Haparityagi Sarvaram Bhaparityagi Gunati Tassa Uchyade Gunati Tassa Uchyade 
Yeah, avatishthati naingade, he remains firmly abiding in his own nature, does not get disturbed or distracted by the happenings of the world because he appreciates that all the happenings are a play, play among the gunas. So one packet of the gunas, Satvarajasthamas, interacting with another packet of the gunas, and that's the play, that's what we call the Vyavahara. And therefore, he swastaha. Swastaha. The one who abides in swa. Swa means the self. Staha. Sve. Swasmin. Tishthadi. Swastaha. One who abides in one's own self is called swastaha. Normally we say swastaha means he's healthy or something, you know, feeling comfortable. Here swastaha means one who abides in his own self. Samudukha sukha. And therefore, he's equal to pleasure and pain. But pleasure and pain are not from his standpoint. But what normally people would call a pleasurable situation, what would be painful situation to somebody? In both these situations, we find that he is samaha, he is equipoised. He does not brand the situation as pleasant, doesn't he brand as a painful? He knows that as nothing but a play. As he said, like a play going on in the movie, the play going on in a parade, so he says, the, the gunas, Satparajasthamas parade before me as pleasure. They parade before me as pain. And therefore, Samaha, he remains abiding in himself. That means you do not find the reaction. Normally we react. When there is pleasure, we react with elation. Pain, we react with depression. So usually a person keeps on reacting with elation and depression. This one is always cool and quiet. He's always equipoised. Not he is insensitive. That means he is not deviated from the ananda that he is. That's what it means. He doesn't get deviated from his own nature, which is fullness. Samaloshtashmakanchana is equal to loshta. Loshta means a clod of earth. Ashman, that means a stone. Kanchana means gold. Imagine a clod of earth, a, a, you know, lump of clay, a, a stone. And gold is equal to them all. How can you? How can it be equal? Does it mean that he doesn't see the gold as gold? He sees it. But he doesn't assign any value that other persons assign. These, all these objects I relate to as what? Upadeya or Heya Upadeya. There are certain objects that I want to acquire because I look upon them as valuable. Some other objects I want to get rid of them because I look upon them as, uh, as causing me pain or threatening me. So whatever I look upon as valuable, I want to acquire. You know what is it that I look upon valuable? That which makes me valuable. What is it that I consider valuable? That which makes me valuable. Gold is valuable to me. Why? Because it makes me valuable. The clay is not valuable to me because it doesn't make me valuable. So understand that we look upon those things as valuable which we think will add to my value. That becomes valuable to me. And when I think that something is going to take away something from me, then, or threatens my value, then I, I want to get rid of it, or I have a dislike for that. So there are things that I get rid of, because I think that their being is a threat to me. There are things that I acquire, because I think that they can add some value to me. But he knows that he is full. Nothing can add into him, nothing can take away anything from him. Therefore, there is no heya, upadeya, buddhi, something to acquire, something to garden read of, he is free from that kind of a reaction. He may pick up the gold, if necessary. Not that he may not pick up, 
he may feel that all right, somebody needs it or whatever. But he personally does not look upon them as something to be acquired, something to be gotten rid of. Tulya priya priya when priya and apriya, priya means agreeable, apriya disagreeable, when he confronts them, tulya, he is equal to them. Which means he does not brand something as agreeable and something else is disagreeable. He doesn't brand them. He knows all of them to be only self and therefore no agreeable, no disagreeable. Agreeability, disagreeability again, only level of the costume of the gunas, but he appreciates them all as a self. Dhiraha, because it's dhiraha, he's a wise, he's the processing wisdom. Tulyaninda atma samstutihi. So atma ninda, atma samstutihi. Ninda means censure, and stuti means praise. Somebody censures him, fine. Somebody praises him, that's why he's fine. He knows that he's not censured. You see, the personality that is being censured. When he's praised, he knows he's not praised also. He's the personality that is being praised. Understand that all this vyavahara goes on at the level of personalities. The reason why we keep on reacting to any different situations is because of our identification of personality, which is what we call three gunas. And he's free from those reactions, only because he's free from identification. Mana apamana in mana and apamana, honor and dishonor. Tulyo mitrari pakshayoho, with a friend and to enemy, both of them again, looks friend and enemy also, and I think but that the level of the three gunas. And tulya. In short, in every situation he enjoys tulyata, he enjoys an equipoise. That means that he never gets deviated from the abundance in his own nature, which is fullness. Sarvarmha parityagi, and therefore, he has nothing to accomplish in his life, and therefore, he doesn't take, and he does not undertake any kind of big undertakings because he has nothing to accomplish. Gunati tasauchare, we find. The only activity that he may perform is just for sustenance of the body, that's all. Other than that, you don't find. He has no agenda at all, he has nothing to accomplish. Gunatita Arjuna, this person is called Gunatita. He is the one who has transcended the Gunas. Meaning, one who abides in the self that is beyond the Gunas. <coughs> then the third question Lord, how can I become Gunatita? What is the upaya? What's the means of becoming Gunatita? The next verse, verse 26, answers that. Mam chayo vyabhicharena, Mam chayo vyabhicharena, Bhakti yogena sevate, Bhakti yogena sevate, Sagunan samati chaitan, Samagunan samati chaitan, Brahma bhuyaya kalpate, Brahma bhuyaya kalpate. So here Lord Krishna gives Upaya the method of how to gain that wisdom. bhakti sevate. And he who serves me through unswerving yoga of devotion, we come to bhakti, devotion. Lord Krishna says bhakti or devotion to me is a means of gaining the wisdom. Sagunan samadityan, having gone beyond the gunas, Brahma Bhuyaya Kalpate, he qualifies for becoming Brahman, that means recognizing oneself as Brahman. So how do I become gunatita? By recognizing myself as that which transcends the gunas. Recognizing self as the self of all. Self as Brahman. How do I do that? By bhakti. By worshipping Brahman. When Lord Krishna says, I worshipping me, meaning worshipping Brahman. 
Lord Krishna is worshipping me is a way of knowing me. Bhakti. And his worship is being described all throughout in Bhagavad Gita. But one simple verse that we can tell you of the worship. As we have said earlier a number of times. Yatah pravartir bhutanam yena saramidam tatam svakaramanatam abhyarcha siddhim vindati manavaha. In the 18th chapter Lord Krishna says that one who appreciates God as pervading everything and that from which all the activities are. So one who is the very source of all the activities, who is the source of creation and sustenance and from whom all the activities proceed and one who is a material cause and therefore one who pervades everything. Worshipping that Lord. So worshipping which Lord? Worshipping the Lord who is the self of all. Worshipping the Lord who pervades everything. Worshipping the Lord who is the nature of the intelligence and awareness and who is the source of all the activities, who is the cause of everything, at the same time source of all the activities, worshipping that Lord by one's actions, one's duties. Then here, Arjuna, performing your day-to-day activities, performing your duties in the spirit of worshipping the Lord, who is manifest before me in the form of this universe. And therefore, whatever action you perform, performing, perform it as a worship to me. Which me, the one, who, whoever it is that you confront, is nothing but myself. And therefore, whenever I perform any action, there is always some beneficiary of that action. When I vacuum this floor here, the people who are going to walk or sit here are the beneficiaries. They are the gods. So when I am doing the vacuum, I offer that action to the Lord in the form of those who will use this floor. When I cook the food, I offer that, I perform that as a worship to the Lord who will come before me in the form of those who will enjoy that food. I work as an accountant, I perform that action also as a worship to the Lord, which, will, which is there in the form of those who will benefit by this act of accounting. So any little act I perform anywhere, there is always going to be some beneficiary. Somebody will benefit from my action and that is God. And so, perform all the actions in the spirit of worship to the God who is manifest as everything. And that will slowly enable me to know that God and ultimately know that God is my own self and thus that worship becomes a means of the knowledge. <coughs> and concluding the chapter, in the last verse, Lord Krishna says, Why is it so? Why did that worshipping Him, that one becomes Him? That is being explained in the last verse. Brahmano hipratishtaham, Brahmano hipratishtaham, Amrutasya vyayasya cha, Amrutasya vyayasya cha, Shashvatasya cha dharmasya, Shashvatasya cha dharmasya, Sukhasya ikantikasya cha, Sukhasya ikantikasya cha. Lord Krishna says, worshipping me. What do you mean worshipping you? Worshipping this form, is that what you mean Lord? He says, no, no. Brahmano hi pratishtam. Understand Arjuna, I am Brahman. So one who is talking to you, when I refer to the pronoun I, Ham Brahman. What? Brahman of what nature? Avyayasya, Amrutasya. The Brahman that is immortal, Brahman that is imperishable, Shashvatasya, Dharmasya, and that which is of the nature of eternal, Shashvata. Eternal Dharma, the eternal order. Sukhasya, Aikandikasya, and the one that is absolute Sukha or happiness. Here, Arjuna, I am the Lord, who is Amruta, who is immortal, Avyaya, who is indestructible, 
शाश्वत हुई इम्यूटेबल धर्म से हुईज इटर्नल एंड हुईज धर्म मीनिंग द वेरी फंडामेंटल ऑर्डर सुख से ऐकांति कस्य चम दन दैट इज एब्सोलूट फुलनेस एब्सोलूट हैपीनेस सो वर्शिपिंग मी अंडरस्टैंड अर्जुना दैट आई अलोन एम वाट एवर इट इज इज नथिंग बट मैनिफेस्टेशन ऑफ लॉर्ड सच इज दैट the lord who is amrut immortal the lord who is imperishable lord who is the eternal order the lord who is its fullness and wholeness that lord alone is manifest as whatever there is and therefore try to see me that's called worship try to see me in everything that you encounter and worshiping meaning serve me whenever you do something perform that action as an offering to me in that form and thus think of me all the time worship here also means all the time thinking of the lord contemplating upon him and this contemplating in every form whenever i encounter any form i contemplate how that brahman is in this form how the form is made of the three gunas and how the one that presides over three gunas is the same amruta avyaya shashvata dharma same lord or narayana or brahman Since I am there, and since I alone am everything, therefore, Arjuna, whatever you do is done for me, and therefore, do everything in that spirit of worship. Ultimately, you will know me as your own self, and thus you will also able to transcend the three gunas, that is your personality, and you will gain an abiding knowledge. That is how you become jivan mukta, liberated even while living. So thus, Lord Krishna concludes the fourteenth chapter here. इस कॉलि गुणत्र विभाग योग लास्टवाक्य ब्रह्मविद्यागशास्त्रे श्रीकृष्णाजुन संवाद गुणत्र विभागयोग नाम चतुर्दशोध्याय चतुर्दशोध्याय दिस फोर्टीन चैप्टर गुणत्र विभागयोगो नाम दि सब्जेक्ट मैटर ऑफ चैप्टर वॉज गुणत्र विभाग द डिविजन ऑफ द थ्री गुण सत्तम श्री कृष्ण अर्जुन संवाद इन दिस संवाद इन दिस एक्सलेंट डायलॉग बिटवीन श्री कृष्ण एंड अर्जुन विच डायलॉग इन्वॉल्व ब्रह्म विद्यायाम योगशास्त्रे द सब्जेक्ट मेट ऑफ द डायलॉग बीइंग ब्रह्म विद्या एंड योगशास्त्र श्रीमद् भगवत गीता सु उपनिषद सु विच डायलॉग इज कॉल श्रीमद् भगवत गीता विच आर इक्विवेलेंट उपनिषद द फोर्टीन चैप्टर इज कंक्लूडेड सर्वधर्मात्यज सर्वधर्मात्यज मेक शरण व्रज मेक शरण व्रज अहंवापेभ्य अहंवापेभ्य मोक्षयिष्या माशुच मोक्षयिष्या माशुच हरि ओ पूर्णमद पूर्णमद पूर्णमुदच्यते पूर्ण से पूर्णमादा पूर्णमेवशिष्यते ओ शाति 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 शंकर शंकराचार्य 
केशवं वादरायणं सूत्रभाष्यकृतौ वंदे भगवंतौ पुनः पुनः ईश्वरो गुरुरात्मेदे भेद विभागिने व्योमवद्व्याप्तदेहाय दक्षिणामूर्त नम ओ शातिशाशाति हरि ओ श्री गुरुभ्यो नम हरि ओ